the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's book launch day for Aubrey, and we celebrate. And then we're joined by Jason Jimenez, president of Stand Strong Ministries, to talk about parenting Gen Z. You're listening to The Common Good. Happy Tuesday, friends. Welcome to The Common Good here on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us today on a Tuesday afternoon. Woohoo! Aubrey, it's your big day. Congratulations. Your book came out today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know you love celebrating it, so I really appreciate that, Brian. (laughs) I'm so excited. The book came out today. Our producer, Laura, surprised me in the studio with sweet balloons that match the book cover and a giant, like, prints canvas print of the cover it's so cool i was jealous of if our folks remember kelly flanagan came on the show and all of his books are like framed behind him they are so now i can well now do you have to go get the other ones like you have to do the other ones probably because if i'm gonna be kelly flanagan well you can't just have this one well the new baby's the best baby (laughs) (laughs) tell your kids that no it's book lunch day and it's really really fun i'll be uh speaking at Wheaton College is Amplify, too, so I'll get to talk a little bit about the book I just thought so Amplify, really this is subject. Yeah, I just thought Amplify it. was in the summer. Did they change it? It well, may have been in the it. summer at some point. I know Last it year used it was in be. the fall, because okay. I spoke there last year, too. But I think you're right. It was a summer event at some point. It was. I remember one year going like, man, I can't really make it in the summer, but maybe that's why they changed maybe it. Maybe that's why the they feedback. changed it. A lot of pastors were like, this doesn't work. Yeah. We're going to talk more about your uh, your book launch. Is it? Did you wake up excited? Was it like a party? Is it? Is it a celebration? So I saw your husband uh, posting Wasn't online. Yes. <laughs> My husband is... I'm telling you, he is an old man when it comes to social media. He's like, now, do I do a story or do I do the other thing? And how do I add a hashtag? And is there a place for a link? Now, should I also post it to Facebook? I was like, how old are you? I feel like I'm talking to my great grandpa right now. Like, what is that? But it was cute. He took pictures of himself and he's being very cutesy. He wants to celebrate with you, but more so, he needs (laughs) this book to make the money. (laughs) That's that's actually incredibly accurate. Like, (laughs) hubby wants a... It's go time now. Wants a baby mama. I mean, you know, what's it called? A money mama. (laughs) It'd be a sugar mama. (laughs) Yeah, sugar mama. That's what he wants. Not a baby mama. (laughs) He already has that. That's a little more uncomfortable. Now he wants a sugar mama. So we'll talk about it later, but remind people the book. Yes, the book is is a murder mystery. It is a (laughs) romance novel. (laughs) It's a crime. It's a real crime drama for kids. No, it is called, it's a procedural. It's called Big, it's a procedural. It is a kid's book. It is called Big Feelings Days, a book about hard things, heavy emotions, and Jesus's love. It's for little kids. It's a picture book. It's really, you know what it is? It's a book about lament, but for kids. So it's got very creative and practical ways that they can express their feelings to Jesus. It's the reminder that Jesus always is with them and making all things new. I am very excited about it. I'm very proud of it. It's really precious and sweet to my heart. And it is a, it's a top new release on Amazon today. So that was fun to wake up and and get that news. And the lunch team has been incredible and 
people are sharing and really excited. And so I'm very grateful. But I'll tell you the best thing about it is people sending me pics or videos of their kids reading it. And Brian, to hear a little kid be like, Jesus loves you yeah. and your big feelings too is like my heart melts. Like stewarding the little hearts that are reading this book is such an unexpected gift and them like turning to Jesus is such a beautiful gift. So oh, it's cool. really fun. Yeah, it's really fun. You're, you're a children's pastor at heart. It's coming. <laughs> that's it's my next, next role. Move. I think you're right. I think you're right. So uh, we'll talk more, you know, we'll, we'll celebrate throughout the morning here. Uh, probably not to the same level your husband is because he has invested interest. <laughs> yeah, he, he wants something. He wants something in return. That's right. Uh, so, Brian, do you need to tell the people why you might sound a little tired So there's today? a little loopiness for two reasons I'm going to tell people. Because you just said morning and you meant afternoon. Afternoon. Can I tell people the two reasons that there will be loopiness today? Yes, let's hear. One, the smaller one is... I'm getting you high uh, right you now. You're doing your nails in a small enclosed I'm, I'm studio. I'm right my nails now. in studio right now, and poor Brian is inhaling all of it. Like every guy knows, because may, I, I, maybe women are immune to it, but every guy yeah, knows. We don't smell like, it anymore. When those when those things come out, it is. I don't know how you don't just like pass out. The nice thing is, I did choose my Insta Dry, which has less chemicals and will be dry in 60 seconds. There that was is, for you. I, I much appreciated. <laughs> there is not as much smell as I thought there would be mm-hmm. when when you ask, do you mind if I paint my nails? You're and then like, immediately open the nail thing before I answer. <laughs> That's not true. I weighed it. You said, we'll see. And I took that as a yes. You go, do you, as you're painting your nails, do you mind if I paint my what nails? Why do I do this, Brian? Uh, so, yes, that could be the one. We might say things that we don't know what yes. are coming out of our mouth uh, because, We're both as high. I said, we've described this before. We are like in a zoo enclosure yeah, here at the uh, studio. And so now to add uh, nail, nail polish, polish. is uh, it's an experiment. Hey, there are other scents we could be adding that oh, we, I just that we got it do. I just got it there it was you smelled okay, it okay there tell was. people the other reason why because it's the, kind of a sweet reason I like this the biggest reason why there's going to be loopiness uh I mentioned yesterday my daughter uh we surprised the younger two kids by my my older daughter coming home with us from parents weekend up at Hope College this so weekend cute. uh because she wanted to see it was my youngest daughter's last volleyball game yesterday and my son on the same night had a football game uh, both over at Wheaton Academy and uh, Madeline hadn't because she's a college had not really seen any of their games. She'd never seen her brother play football. Oh, and uh, I think she saw one of Emily's first volleyball games this year before she left home. And so as we're getting to leave on Sunday, the Jackson and Emily just think we're saying goodbye to Madeline like yeah. we do. Yeah. And she's like, hey, I have a surprise. And Aww. you should have seen Emily's face. Jackson was like, the guy's like, awesome. You know, that cool. kind of thing. Emily like had like her mouth open. Like, she really? Did. And so we had an awesome day yesterday. Madeline slept that. in and we hung out and uh, just had some fun. And then we went to both games after doing the radio show. Right. We went to both games. Wow. Well, my daughter had to be back by 8.30 this morning for class. Stop. And so the um, the football game ended last night at, like, by the time we took pictures how, how and stuff. How was the football game, It was by a the great way. game, and they actually won. Nice. Uh, that shouldn't be a surprise. I didn't mean they actually won yeah, like they, they never won. win. They, they won. won. And it was Jackson plays JV football. He It was a lot Jackson's of fun. Jackson's a stud, by the way. He's trying. Yeah. He's trying. He's all boy at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and so... You know, we took the pictures. It was really fun having Madeline there at both games. But she had to get back to Holland, Michigan. And we left. Brian. We pulled out of the parking Brian. lot at Wheaton Academy, stopped, got gas, got some snacks. Her and I had wonderful conversation yeah, I bet you all did. the way. We really cool. did. My daughter's good in the car. Like, like that's 
that's the spot that that's I can get her to talk. That's the spot you can really connect with kids. My son is good in the car, yeah. too. So, yeah. so we drove the two and a half hours to Holland, Michigan. Time changed. Dropped her off at her apartment at 1230 Eastern Time. Uh-uh. I, Aubrey, I pulled in. Got out of the car, got something out for her, gave her a big hug, told her I loved her, got back in the car, pulled away, pulled into the park, pulled into the driveway at like five minutes to two this morning. (laughs) So you are exhausted. Okay, here's a question. I'm I'm running on adrenaline right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. And are you the kind of driver who like you're like slapping your face to stay awake or were you okay? I thought that was coming. Everybody in my family was worried. Carrie's like, call me if I'm Laura and I were a little worried about you too. I never got tired. I, awesome. I really feel like I dominated this trip. Okay, I well felt done, good sir. about it. Well done. I listened to a podcast. I, you nice. know, I, I had some caffeine, but nothing by what my daughter's like, you need to drink an energy drink. I'm like, my heart will explode. Yeah, I'm not going to do one. that. I'm not going to do that. And uh, I actually, I was, I made lots of jokes about it, but I was actually a little worried. Like, yeah. this is kind of yeah. dumb. Like, we're yeah. pulling out of Wheaton Academy, and I'm like, I'm a little tired right, right now already. Right, right. Uh, and then I knew I'd be fine going up because we just talk. Yeah. But I was like, coming home could be a Alone little dicey. in the car. I was never tired. Okay. And it was fun. Here's the most. All right. I almost made. All right, I will make a sexist uh, comment here. I think this is mostly a guy thing. I set, I know how to get home, but I set the uh, put it on my phone. Yeah. So I can kind of know if yeah. I'm far away or, the, you know, if we're getting there or whatever else. And it becomes. Do you ever do this? It becomes like a race. Oh, that you must try be to make the the arrival time keep going <laughs> okay, down. I will say, and I, I cut like twelve minutes nice, off of it, nice, and I was so. And nice. I think that honestly kept me awake. I'm watching. Like, oh, like, it went down a minute I did again. It, I did. And it, I honestly think it's why I never stopped. Like I was like, game. I want to get home. Sooner. I will say we were really late to the wedding that we went to in Nashville on Saturday, and that was my goal. I am cutting time down, and I shave four minutes off. It was like, it's, it's like a game. Yeah, it's fun. And I, I did that. So it was a lot of fun. And I am tired. I've made sure not to have any meetings tonight after the uh, after the radio show. So it'll be a nice, relaxing evening. But hey, uh, I, I, am, I am loopy from not a lot of sleep. I don't know how we did that in college, by the way. College, oh. it was always these just hours. Like I just stay up all night in college, like it was no big deal. Oh, oh my to gosh. be young. Oh my goodness, I, I am I am loopy today because of the lack of sleep and the nail polish that is now on yep. your fingers and still it is still resonating throughout the <laughs> we'll studio open a right window. now. We'll open a window. So we continue to celebrate with Aubrey. It's a big day. Uh, maybe she'll talk about the book later while I curl up in the corner and take a little nap. But we're glad that you're with us. Coming up next, we're going to talk parenting and Gen Z with the president and the founder of Stand Strong Ministries. His name is Jason Jimenez. He's going to join us next on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Aubrey, on this show, we talk a lot of parenting, right? We we yes, love to talk we parenting, do. mainly because we are in the mix, the we middle of it. We are in it right we now. We are in it, and uh, we love to bring on people who can help us with their wisdom. Right. And with that in mind, we are thrilled to be joined by the founder and the president of Stand Strong Ministries, uh, and also the author uh, of a new book called Parenting Gen Z. His name is Jason Jimenez. Jason, how are you doing today, buddy? Brian Aubrey, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's just start big picture. What inspired you to write this book? Why did you want to write Parenting Gen Z? Well, you know, to be honest, in a way, I didn't, right? Because then you have to really, as a father of four Gen Zers, you know, ranging from 
two in college and one in high school and one in middle school. Mm-hmm. And having worked with millennials since the late 90s and, and working with a lot of parents our age demographic with, you know, raising kids since the early 2000s, yeah. there's a lot of issues there. I mean, there's a lot of turmoil. Obviously, there's a lot of gender confusion, gender identity issues, trans ideation, um, the rebellion. We've been seeing the abandonment of the faith among millennials. And even just as a parent personally with four kids, you know, you'd have to peel back some of uh, these concerns and mm-hmm. these issues. And that's problematic sometimes. But after a lot of prayer, of course, talking to my wife and talking to a lot of people out there as I travel, and of course, I'm so blessed to have a partnership with Focus on the Family. This was an ideal project, mm. given my background, to have to present with a biblical worldview understanding to really champion parents who sadly, who are raising a lot of middle school, high school age kids right now, they themselves are lacking a biblical worldview mm. and struggling to model, they're struggling to model the faith. And so I wanted to give them an opportunity to dive into this book to help them. I know one of the things that you say in Parenting Gen Z is that this is the most difficult generation to raise. This is the only generation I've raised, so I feel you. (laughs) But I do feel like other generations have probably said that as well. Talk to us about why you think that's true. Well, the reason it is true, and again, I agree with you, Aubrey. Sometimes people, we make some of these outlandish statements, right? And, And most of the time people are like, oh my gosh, it's so devastating. I don't say that to cause people to be defeated. But I say it in an alarming fashion, because if you do look at the state of affair where we are currently at as a nation in in America, this is the most anti-Christian generation that we've seen. And then when you give when you give into the effects of digital obsession, when the gaming uh, porn addiction, the access to this type of stuff, uh, a lot of this new generation, they don't believe that there are two binary sexes. That's uncommon from previous generations. When you look at the millennials to Gen Z, they're not getting married, where previous generations not only got married but had a strong Judeo-Christian ethic. And so that's becoming less now in these last two generations. So when they're anti-God, anti-Christian, digitally obsessed, confused with their identity, suicide is skyrocketed. Yeah. They're the most anxious generation. That's why it's the most difficult generation to raise. Mm. Uh, Jason, how do you have those conversations with your kids? Yeah. Like what? How do you even begin difficult conversations? Well, you know what? I'm glad you guys asked that because, again, I'm saying this as a parent, somebody who's worked with these, these, this age group for 25 years. We need to have uh, challenging conversations with our kids. They're mm-hmm. a necessary evil. Most people don't want to have them, but they are a necessary evil. Let me just preface it by saying this. Moms and dads listening, even grandparents, we are the most powerful, the most influential person, the key discipler in our kids' lives. So no matter if they're out of the house and they're living, let's say, a gay lifestyle, or they have deconverted from the Christian faith, that doesn't mean that you don't have a role to play. You still have a role because God has divinely inspired you to be in that child's life. Mm. And so when we see issues arising, just like right now with the Israeli-Palestinian war, when these things are in the forefront, we as a parent with a biblical understanding, it may take some time to dive into study, to talk to key people, mentors, to help develop and shape our worldview and our understanding of culture. But as we do that, we have to disseminate that and teach that to our kids as they watch things on TikTok, as they're being influenced by other social media influencers. 
we have to get into that and understand what they're learning, how they're learning, and why they're supporting certain organizations or social justice movements and trying to give them an understanding biblically why it's important to see things through the lens of what God has put before us. So even though we don't like having conversations about sex or porn, we are the primary person to speak truth into our children's lives. Jason, I'd love to dive into the technology and social media impact on Gen Z for a little bit. How, how does this actually impact our parenting? Well, distraction, number one. I mean, if you think about it, a sad reality, the average Gen Zer, if something's going on in their life, they do two things. Immediately, they'll watch videos on their phone or they'll listen to music. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, is when they when they have a decision to make or if there was something traumatic that happened in their life or if they feel alone or they're, they feel a fear, a fear of rejection, whatever the case may be, when they turn to their device to kind of find solace or to soothe their soul, that's not a good thing necessarily. Rather than go to mom and dad, they'd rather go and watch YouTube videos or TikTok videos right, as a way of escape. So that is very detrimental long-term when it comes to kids. The other thing I would say, too, when we're talking about not just about distractions, but is consumption. And consumption, the amount of time that you're mentally focusing on something affects their comprehension as mm. well. And so that's why when you, when you are trying to have eye-to-eye contact, personal touch with your children, but yet there are not boundaries when it comes to devices and what they're doing on social media – that's going to prevent you from actually having communication, constructive communication and dialogue with your children. Mm. Jason, uh, you mentioned it earlier, deconstruction and a lot of kids that generation questioning faith, uh, leaving the faith. um, And that's raises a lot of anxiety for parents, right? We, as parents, we, more than anything, we want our kids to hold on to the faith. Uh, if you see your kid kind of drifting or going, what, what's a word of advice to mm. those parents? How do they Good stay question. the course? How do they talk to their kids? Yeah, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to vary, as you know, Brian, with the child, depending on their age and what's going on. Do they come from a divorce background? Did something traumatic happen to them? Were they abused maybe spiritually at a church? You know, maybe they had doubts or issues and nobody was there to really help them through it. And so they feel rejected. I mean, so we have to be sensitive to first and foremost understand if they grew up in a Christian environment and yet they're no longer believing or, or doubting. And remember, let's just understand something. Doubt does not mean unbelief. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, unbelief is the opposite of faith. We all have doubts. So I would start there. I would, as a parent or grandparent listening, if you have a child, no matter the age, especially if they are a tween going into their teen years, and you know that they're no longer kind of buying into, right, what they once believed or were taught as a child, and they're not praying anymore, and they're not reading the Word, and they're questioning the reliability mm-hmm. of Scripture, yeah. or they don't even believe Jesus is the way, I would start with why that is. Very, very cordially, respectfully, ask them questions about their life, about their process of who God is, who they believe Jesus is, and why they believe or disbelieve in the Bible. And then from the answers you get from them— Okay, then you can kind of maybe build uh, a system in agreement with them about how you can move this conversation forward. Mm. I love that so much. I think that's so helpful to the parents that are parenting Gen Z right now. Jason, where can our listeners find and follow you and where can they order this book, Parenting Gen Z? 
Well, wherever books are sold, they can get it. But obviously, we encourage people to go to our main website with all the information about articles, videos, books that I've written, standstrongministries.org is is the hub of our ministry and of course they can check it out on amazon absolutely congrats on the book again uh jason jimenez founder and president of stand strong ministry and also the author of the new book parenting gene uh gen z jason it's been wonderful thanks so much for spending some time with us today thank you brian thank you aubrey thank you you're listening to the common good am 1160 hope for your life I'm so glad to have you with us today on a Tuesday afternoon as we've been celebrating book launch day for Aubrey. And uh, do you go out to dinner for that? What do you do? What's the celebration? This is my fourth book. And so I was like, it's like a humble brag right there. Uh, yeah. I a humble brag. Yeah, it's a brag. It's just a real brag. Yeah, I read a couple. Books. I've read some books this year. Fifth one on the way. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, so I was like, if it feels a little like, well, Okay, I guess I'll go to work. Like, I don't know. So I think probably we'll we'll make plans to go to dinner Friday, but I haven't okay. really thought through like So you we, said that you've written so many books. Yeah. That it's just it's so a Tuesday. It's a, day for it's a, a Tuesday. Aubrey, the author. Well now No, I I'm trying to remember. Now to Laura feels it. bad about bringing balloons no, in. I mean I, if, that's why she needs to do that. So I remember <laughs> that this matters. In fact, my friend Catherine This is why I didn't get you a gift, by the way. I knew <laughs> I knew this was how you sure. felt. My friend Catherine is a four time author as well. She's been on the show several times. She's a sub when you're gone. And, or a three-time author, but she's a fourth book coming out. But she's she messaged me this morning like, kind of a normal day, right? Like, she, get, she gets it too. Like, it's a little like, not, now it's, no, I should say, it's so exciting. You forget to celebrate the milestones. That's how I should put uh, it. But fair. we did make a reservation for Friday night. And Cooper's there's hot. a Yes, and there's a fun book launch party on Saturday morning that's family-friendly. Everyone's invited. You can look at my Facebook page if you want to find family out Family-friendly, like a petting zoo? Or yes, like Brian, a petting sugar, zoo. Like food? We're going to have a, a little kids activity that's related to big feelings. <laughs> and we have a reading. We have little mini muffins and hot chocolate and kids music. It's going to be is, very fun. Uh, what, is, what is the bigger flex amongst authors? Ooh. How many books you've written or how high in the charts one of your books has how gotten? How high in the charts? I, well, it probably depends on the author, but I, I think it's the sales at the end of the day or the popularity. So if you were in a room with another author and you're being honest and someone was like, I've written 10 books uh-huh. and you're like, yeah, but mine was, I've written I, one book. I mean, writing but 10 it, books is amazing. But I've written one book, but it's the no, it was number, number one, one in Christian, not Christian death. We know you already yeah, conquered that hill. Yeah, I already got hill. that. I but on like a big category, like Christian living or something. So I think the flex- what would you rather have ten uh, books that are that do fine mm-hmm. or one blockbuster book? Oh man, that is hard. Probably ten books that do really? fine, honestly, because then you're like working on your craft and you're stewarding your message I would well, and you choose otherwise. <laughs> but, I, but I will say the one blockbuster book. Th- this is where the other authors get jealous and cynical because you're kind of like, well, the only reason that one's old is because you're a celebrity, right? Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so I think that's why I mean it depends on who it is. Like. Either you respect the celebrity and you're jealous that it sold really well and that's amazing to you, or you're like, they're not a real author, blah, 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 uh, blah. But you need to get to but, the spot of a ghostwriter. That's what you gotta get to. Let me say this. The the very few authors that I know that have and there are a couple that have sold millions upon millions. I mean, they're living their best life. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. They're living the, and they're still writing books because it sold so well. So maybe I would rather have the 
Could I have 10 bestsellers? Let's go with that. Yeah, I mean, five sure, bo- J.K. Rowling, yes, take, <laughs> I would actually take five books and one one really, really good sales in the middle of all that. All right, so you what you need is like a franchise. I need a franchise. You need I like agree. this, mm-hmm. so let me mm-hmm. suggest one, mm-hmm. and then we'll move on. Okay. Uh, something around purpose, like purpose-driven, <laughs> purpose Wow, what focused, a novel purpose. idea. Or, or there's something about your life. Or there's a school. There's a it. school with wizards. Okay, there's a wizarding wow. school. Brian, you are like these are so novice. I don't and like, know where these genius. are coming from. I, wow. All right, so okay. we'll see if this one just climbs the charts. It's going to. Yes, yes. No, it's good for my heart, no matter what. When but we I hear that Aubrey it. is finally buying her uh, vacation home that she's always said she would spend At her Disney. money on. Yeah. Uh, you know that it, that is her big feelings. That is that's it. right. That's maybe, right. Maybe that's your franchise. Big, yeah, maybe it is. It's like big feelings. This one's called Big Feelings Days. It's like big yeah. feelings years. Big no, feelings no, I, for no, elders. That's what I would do. I would oh, do big okay. feelings for kids. For teens. Big feelings for yeah okay. singles. Okay. Big feelings for <laughs> divorce. <laughs> yes. Big feelings for well, there's all and you become the, the feelings person. <laughs> I don't know that that's big gonna feelings for burnt out pastors. <laughs> there it goes. See, there you go. Okay, I you've, want my you've cut. solved it. Well done. I don't have a good uh, turn on this one. I've told everybody, you know, a little loopy today. So yeah, uh, this, we're about to go from joking around to super serious. Loopy you ready? Brian is very entertaining. I wish I wish all of our audience could be in the studio today because <laughs> it's there. It's some things welcome. are happening behind the scenes. That I you don't know it's from lack by. of sleep still or your nail polish, but. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes we're really good at segues, right? Like we're yeah. going to not go. This is I'm not going a from one. joking with you about your book to really, really hard topic, yeah. and I'm yeah. owning the fact that we're just going to make a really hard right turn. Okay. okay? Uh, in Christianity Today, uh, they wrote this article: "The Obscenity of War in This Present Evil Age." So we're mm. all watching what's going on yeah, over awful. in Israel, and you know, it is. It's it's almost not even almost. It's like too much to grasp. Yeah. It's this. It, it absolutely is. And so. Uh, Bonnie Christian, is that her name? Because mm-hmm. that's a great name that to write a Christian name. today. Yeah. Bonnie Christian basically writes about the the difficulty we naturally have to even comprehend death and death at this scale and the evil of it. You mm. know, I don't need to recount the stories we've all heard and awful, read of awful. what's going on there. Yeah. But then what it does to our view of God, mm. uh, how do we process? Um, basically, she tells the story of an earthquake where a lot of people were like, "Where? how did God's goodness? Yeah. Like, how can we trust it? And she yep. then says, wars like this one give a similar shock. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but it feels like a really important conversation mm. to have on a regular basis. Mm. Something as awful as what's going on over in Israel right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but then also just personal tragedies. How do we reconcile a good God? Oh, Who man. God is, where he is in this. When we literally are hearing stories of children mm-hmm. being just tortured and killed. I think I've said this before on air, so forgive me if you've heard it, but I I have heard that it wasn't it, the first time followers of God began asking this question, kind of where is God, what do we do with evil, was when Mount Vesuvius erupted. Mm. And um, so for a long time, followers of God weren't asking these questions because the reality of suffering and evil was just part of the world and the promise of Jesus's, you know, ministry, death, resurrection, and return is that that will be one day 
overcome forever. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like, you know, sometimes when we ask, where is God, it assumes something false about God, that God is far removed. God is kind of this puppet master, deistic type of God. The reality of scripture calls our God and Emmanuel, God, a with us God. And again and again and again, scripture speaks about God being near the sufferer and in the middle of all of this. And so I, you know, in some sense, it's we're allowed to ask the question, God, where are you? Mm -hmm. But it's sort of the wrong question to ask because it assumes something false about God. God is right here. God is Mm. on the ground. God is in Israel. God is in Palestine. Like God is in the midst of this. And yet the real question I think is like, why isn't God stopping it? Like, why is this violence allowed to continue? And some of these stories are, are very devastating. Like you said, we don't need to talk about him. Uh, detail. Body Christian talks about this allegation, which I think has been walked back, but then confirmed again about babies being beheaded. I mean, it's just, there's evil like that that you, I, you know, it's unspeakable. Yeah. And I think to pretend like it's not is really inauthentic and, and not fair. Um, so what do we do? We have to hold out. Like, this is really where, like, our faith and kind of, like, digging our faith into the ground really matters. Saying, God, I, this is evil, period. I know you are against evil, period. I know you have claimed victory over evil, period. And Mm. I am trusting that the promises of heaven, of new creation, of your return are somehow going to make this horrible weight of suffering seem like it seem like you hate to be invalidating, right? So I'm trying to choose the right word. But what does Paul talk about? Like the weight of glory is going to mm, far surpass that's good. Yep, yep, yep. the suffering that we experience right now. Yep. And so it's like you have to hold on to both. Yes, evil is evil. Yes, this is awful. We lament, we cry out to God, we do so collectively, we pray for an end to this, and trusting that one day God is going to make all things new. Yeah. And I think that's the question of our faith, and that's the invitation of our faith. That's good. Bonnie Christian put it this way. We can and should pray for a swift and lasting peace in the Israel-Hamas war, but there's no way of knowing how long the fighting will last. Yeah. Maybe days, maybe years. Yeah. Even the fastest truce will cancel no funerals. What we know for sure is that, quote, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. First mm. Corinthians fifteen twenty six, And that enemy is insurgent in our world mm. today. So I think this is something, again, we pray for those who are in the midst of it. Oh, like it's, it's another thing to be out here watching it. But even for us, I think this is an important faith exercise to go, what do we do? Yeah. How do we process? How do we do this? Uh, a good word there from Bonnie Christian over at Christianity Today. Coming up next. Aubrey, uh, a well-known pastor said something in a sermon the other day that I, I listened to and I was like, amen, and I'm not sure that that's helpful or oh, I agree with it. Okay. So I'm going to play it for okay. you. This is somebody we love. It's Louis Giglio. Oh, yeah. Very, big yeah. fan of Louis Giglio. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very Louis Giglio thing that he talks about. And I want to go, is it helpful? Is it true? Okay. That's what we're going to do next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. I want to play you a snippet from a message okay from louis giglio and i will tell you big fan of louis giglio yeah right uh so this is not like ooh, <clears throat> let's put out there some pastor we don't like and then rip them apart no fan of louis giglio passion conference all of this stuff but the the part of the message that i want to play is one that i wrestle with like is what he's saying true okay. and helpful okay all right uh, so this is like a minute long. Let's take a uh, listen, and then I'll tell you what my thoughts were. Here we go. This is Louis Giglio. 
There is no sacrifice, there is no worship. Because worship is me declaring what is valuable in my life. And when you and I decide what's valuable, maybe it is grad school that's valuable, or maybe we are willing to travel four days a week in that job because the payoff and the the, 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 the doorway that's going to open is worth it to us. Whatever we decide is valuable determines what we are willing to pay, what price we are willing willing to pay. And God is wanting to speak over your life today, I think a big, big future. I believe God wants to speak over your life. I want you to be a person of influence. I don't want you just to go with the flow in life. I don't want you just to blend in. I don't want you to be average. I want you to be the kind of person who influences heaven and influences earth. All right. I thought he was going a different direction. I thought he was about to be like, you give you, yeah. what you're willing to give yeah. up. That's what yeah. you worship. I and thought like, he was too. keep going. And then Jesus gave up his life for you. Like, I thought that's where we were heading with this. But then he makes a turn and he basically says, I want to like basically speak over you that God has amazing things in your future. Right, right. You're going to be a person of influence. influence. Now, I know he's, I don't know if this was to his church or to Passion where he speaks to college kids. The older I get. Mm. The less helpful I find it to tell people you're going to do extraordinary things or God has amazing. He says, basically, at the end there, he says, God has life, uh, things that are going to shake heaven and earth planned for your life. You're going to influence heaven, I think is what he said. And so part of me goes, all right, I've just matured. Right. I understand how life works. Yes. And there's another part of me that's like. I've lost this vision of like God does extraordinary things through ordinary people. I know, I know. And I've talked about this before, and you've said this as well. When I was more in my early 30s or something preaching, I regularly told our people in our in our little church, God's called us to change the world. And now I'm more like, God's called you to make a difference in your world, like yeah. with the people yes. in your life. Yes. So help me process this because there's part of me that's like, what is, I don't like what he's saying. And there's part of me that wanted to be really inspired by what he was saying. I think I, I struggle with this messaging. I can I love Louis Giglio. I'm going to say, I'm going to do the thing you're doing too, which is both sides. Uh-huh. Um, I am starting to wonder if it's a lie. Oh, go on. Because I, I think we need to define what we mean by being people of influence. Like, is mm-hmm. this could this message be told to a single mom in Zambia, Africa, living mm-hmm. in a hut, mm-hmm. struggling to make ends meet, struggling to feed her children, choosing which kid gets to go to school because she can't afford to send both down the street to the school that's in a hut? Like, is she a woman of influence? I think she absolutely is. Interesting. I think she actually probably is influencing heaven more than any of us are. But I, I think what I mean by it's a lie is like we have to define what we mean by that. Because the yeah. next generation hears influence and they think an actual influencer on social media. Yeah. Yeah. I have all this following. I'm starting this new ministry. I'm the next best-selling author. I'm the speaker of the platform events. Blah, 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 blah. I guess I just wish. And maybe if we finish his message, he would say this. I guess I wish he would say, here's how you're an influencer. Mm. You serve your neighbors. You humble yourself. That's good. You take up your cross and you die. Yep. Like that's the message that Jesus Engage gave us. Engage in the local take, church. Yes, yes, yes. Like 
Take up your cross. And, you know, Jeremiah talks about, of course, like where you're planted, you're going to plant gardens. Where you're mm. planted, you're going to pour into the city. Where you're planted, you're going to marry your children. Like, I just think we need to define for ourselves in the next generation what actual mm. eternal influence is. Because then here's what we've seen happen. God doesn't make your dreams come true. Right. Let's even say something like you'd never find a spouse mm-hmm. and that's your big dream. You don't get to have kids because you have miscarriages. Mm. Your your spouse dies unexpectedly from cancer at a young age. Your big book doesn't give you the fulfillment that you want. Well, then do you just give up? Like, I just, I think there's something that we have to dream differently. We have mm. to teach the next generation how to dream differently. Redefine what influence is. And also, yes, like... Believe God wants to do big things. Yes, we dream big. But I think the way we're dreaming can't be about ourselves. That's good. Does that the, make sense? A hundred percent. Because it, it becomes about ourselves by this. God's going to use me in a big way. I'm going to be famous, have yes, a big platform yes, and all this. Yes. And then what happens again, this was, I think one reason I feel very strongly about this is you and I both have gone through you know, what's called the church planting world, where it's like we're yeah. starting a church. Right. And you go to these conferences and you leave these conferences thinking that success in the church planting world is campuses Mm. or 5,000 people. If I heard the word a movement another time, right? Or (laughs) totally, uh, all of these things. Don't get me wrong. Those are awesome and happen through people. But sometimes you leave there and then you're like, oh, 10 years down the road, I've got 200 people in my church and we're just kind of doing church and we're going at it. And it can become easy to feel like a failure because I haven't, quote unquote, changed the world versus I have made our church has made a difference in the lives of some individuals or the community that we're in. I don't I, I think we need to get away from the language of shaking heaven and earth without right. defining it. It's all true. It's not it's, untrue. Right. It's not untrue, but, the, we're, but yeah, it's the way we're talking about shaking in heaven, heaven and earth, the way we're talking about eternal impact. I think that's that it needs to be defined. Maybe that's what we're both, we're both saying that again and again and again, uh, because you're right. And then it makes you feel like as a church planter, well, is God not, does God not have favor on our church? Is right. God not blessing our church? Well, actually, God is doing mighty, mighty things through small churches in neighborhoods all over the world. But that doesn't feel big right. and sexy. And so that doesn't feel like oh, I'm this big influencer. God has given me this big thing, you know, and it just gets into that weird place, too, of comparison. And I just don't I, I literally don't think it's of Jesus. And I think it causes us to fall prey to the wrong things. Yeah, I think that's good. Love Louis Giglio. He's amazing. He has actually changed the world. Yeah, he actually, in, God does have good things ministry. for him. And so we don't want to say that God's not at work like in this. Yeah. He's still doing yeah. extraordinary things through ordinary people. That's right. We want to hold up what are some of those ordinary things. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that is an important thing to hold out for people. Like, hey, you can get married have a job, raise a family, influence your neighborhood, yeah. invest in the local church. And that's great. Like, that's good. And that's amazing. Not every pastor or person, like you said, it has to be an influencer in a way that their name is known. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think giving people that freedom will kind of take off some of this tension. So love Louis Giglio, little uncomfortable with the clip that we played right there. We'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.